Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. We want the solution. We don't know what the solution is. I'm here to tell you what the solution is. It's to be the church. It's to live for God. It's to serve Him faithfully. It's to leave the threshing floor, the wine press, and go into a mindset of I'm no longer threshing just to survive, but I'm going thrashing. I'm going on the offensive. I'm going to make a difference in the world around me. Can you imagine the power that it must feel like to know that your enemy that's been plaguing you for so long has no power over you and in fact is deadly afraid of you? I've come to tell somebody today that you've been struggling with fear and with doubt and insecurities in your life, and that's a lie from the devil. And when he finds out that you know it, he's going to be terrified. Victory in this house over each and every heart that is present, Lord. Lord, there's not a a deformity, there's not a issue, there is not a spirit, Lord, that you are not bigger than, that you are not capable of handling. And so right now, Jesus, Lord, with everything, we give it to you and ask you to have your way in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And while you're still standing, why don't you grab your Bibles and turn with me to Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6, and I'll be reading verses 11 through 14. Judges chapter 6, 11 through 14 says, And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak tree, which was in Aphra, that pertained unto Joash, the Abizrite, and his son Gideon threshed wheat, or I'm sorry, threshed a wheat by the wine press to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And would you say, mighty man of valor? Amen. We are surrounded by mighty men of valor right now. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord. If the Lord be with us, then why is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go and this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent thee? Amen. For just the the next little bit, I'd like to speak to you under the title, Threshing to Thrashing. Threshing to Thrashing. Amen. Why don't you set your Bibles down very quickly. Let's just ask that the Lord would bless this word. Jesus, we love you. Lord, we thank you for all that's been done, Jesus. All that's going to be done today, Jesus. Lord, we receive you. We receive your word and your victory today. Lord, right now, I pray that uh, your word would ring true, Jesus, that it would be impactful, that it would be sharp, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would give us strength as we prepare to receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. In our text today, we find the story of Gideon and the affliction that he has faced due to the actions of the children of Israel. 
And uh, my mind has been drawn back to this story for weeks now as I've thought about where we are, what state we find ourselves in as a nation, uh, and even more importantly, the response we have made and will make as the American church, as the, the body of Christ here in this, in this situation. So with that said today, I'm going to uh, make you the same commitment that I made the 9 o'clock service. And um, is, is anybody sick of talking about COVID yet? In Jesus' name. Uh, anybody sick of listening to politics yet? My commitment to you is that I'm going to preach on and around these things a little bit today, and then I hope that you will never hear those things out of me again. Sound like a deal? Amen. But uh, the Bible tells us that the children of Israel did evil in the sight of God, so much so that God gave them over to the Midianites. The Midianites were so evil that the Israelites would literally hide from them if they knew they were in the area. Now, today's society here, if, you know, it's raining outside, we stay in our homes. If it's a snowstorm, we stay in our homes. Many of us are very more familiar with our houses than we've ever been over the past year. And so we're very, very familiar with, with you know, taking shelter, taking refuge uh, when, when things seem to be going less than favorable. But the Bible says that the children of Israel did not run to their homes and hide. It says that they would literally go anywhere they could find to hide. It says that they would go into caves. They would uh, leave their homes even uh, to find shelter. And so that, that is just a testament to the nature of the Midianites that were surrounding them, that were oppressing them. Israel, you know, suffered this, this persecution due to their own doing, but throughout it, they still continued to cry out to God for, for salvation, uh, to, to release them of, of the situation they were in. And so one day, the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, who was in the wine press threshing grain, and uh, while hiding himself and the grain from the Midianites. See, the Bible tells us that the Midianites... Uh, and this is all found in Judges 6 and, and 7 as well, if, if you care to, to look this up on your own time. But the Bible tells us that the Midianites, whenever they would occupy an area, whenever they would come into a, a geographical location, they would destroy it. Anything of value they took, anything useful they used, anything they wanted, it was theirs. And all that was left was bareness, nothingness. And so as, as a result of that, it makes sense that Gideon is in a a odd place threshing his grain. He's in a, a place where the Midianites are not going to go looking necessarily for food or, or even for him. And uh, so it, it makes sense that, that he is in this place. But we see that, that Gideon is labeled by the angel of the Lord a mighty man of valor. And yes, this mighty man is, is hiding. He's in an odd place doing an odd thing for the place. He's hiding as the, the mighty man that the, the Lord calls him. And now, to his credit, his hiding place is better than most. Uh, Blakely's back there being held by her mama, but she loves to play hide-and-go-seek. Um, she just looked up at me like, ooh. But she loves to play hide-and-go-seek, and so oftentimes, almost daily, we play hide-and-go-seek in our house. And uh, she'll say, I hide, you count. Okay, you hide, I count. So... You know, she'll take off running, and I'll sit there for 10, 15 seconds, and, you know, I'll walk into a room, 
and begin to look for, and you know, we do this thing where whenever we walk into the room and start looking, we start naming objects as we're looking. So, you know, is she behind the door? No. Is she under the bed? No. And after a while, if you stick with it long enough, she'll start saying no with you and laughing. <laughs> and so she will, she'll go on like this for quite some time, and finally you'll find her, and she'll say, you found me. And yes, I found you. And she comes out, and she'll say, okay, you hide. And so I'll hide. And, you know, we continue doing this for sometimes half an hour to an hour, just over and over and over again. And occasionally, I don't know, once a week or so, I'll pick a new spot. You know, we always hide in the same spots, behind the curtains, behind the doors, you know, easy stuff. Like, part of the fun is her finding you, you know. So, uh, I'll pick a different spot occasionally and find somewhere where I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't think she could find me on her own. And so, I'll mix that in every once in a while and, you know, I'll crawl under a, a bed or something like that. And she'll come looking for me and I'll give her clues until she finds me. And she'll find me, she gets all excited and then she's like, all right, you go count. And she will slide into the exact same place that I was. It's like I found, in her mind, hey, I found this great new spot. I'm going to try it. Not realizing that the person that's coming to find her just showed her said spot. <laughs> and so I can appreciate a good hiding spot. We were joking this morning, you know, some of the movies you see, and I am not a scary movie guy whatsoever. I don't think I've ever seen an, in quote, scary movie. But, you know, it, it's often laughed about the, the places they choose to hide. You know, the big bad wolves coming after them. And what they do, they go lock themselves in a closet in the basement where there's no way out, there's nothing to do, like, like you are toast. Like if, if he finds you, it is over, and he's going to find you because he's looking for you, right? Like they're terrible at hiding. There's even a commercial floating around right now where, uh, you know, these people are running out of this haunted house, and they're standing there, and there's a car started pointed in the right direction. And they're like, how about we go get in the car? And they're like, what are you, crazy? Let's go hide behind the chainsaws. I mean, just the, the, the places that I see people hide sometimes just is unreal. Except for state troopers. They are excellent hiders. <laughs> they can hide with the best of them. But all of that said this morning, I understand the importance of having a good hiding spot. If you're going to hide, it better be good or you're not hiding, right? You're just disguising yourself maybe a little bit. And so Gideon is in this, this odd place. You know, he's doing above average at, at least at hiding. And uh, he's hiding because, quite simply, he's afraid. And I'm sure we could all um, admit the fact that we've been afraid a time or two. Yes? I have no problem saying I've been afraid. Um, I, don't, I wouldn't consider myself someone who scares easily. I don't really get worked up in that way very, very often. Uh, but I remember even as a young one, being scared of the dark and, you know, the boogeyman and all the other things that young ones seem to be afraid of. And, uh, you know, even as a, a, an older child, I would be afraid that I was going to miss the rapture. Anybody ever have that fear? <laughs> I remember being a, a older child, you know, still like 10, 11, something like that. And uh, we'd be laying there in bed. And, you know, I, I had done everything the Bible tells us to do. You know, like I felt like I was ready. And every night you pray before you go to sleep, Lord, if you come back, please take me with you, you know. Um, <laughs> But I remember being afraid that somehow I would miss the rapture. And so periodically I'd be like, hey, mom, what? I love you. <laughs> Just to make sure she was still there. You know, I was going to make sure I didn't miss it. I figure if mom's still there, I'm good, you know. Um, 
But, you know, we know what it's like to, to be afraid. We've had those moments in our life where, uh, you know, it's uncomfortable. But I venture to say very few, if any of us, have ever been put in a situation where you were literally afraid for your life. You literally don't know if you're going to come out of that situation or not. Uh, some of us may have, and, you know, I give great honor to those in uniform that put themselves in, in those situations. But, but very few of us have, have had that kind of fear, and that's where Gideon is today. He's hiding in this place because he knows that the Midianites find him, especially doing what he's doing. Not only will they take his food source, which is obviously very little at this point, but they will also do harm to him. You know, we joke about bravery around our house all the time with the little ones. You know, for kids, it's always important to be brave. Have you noticed that? I know Blakely and Bennett talk about being brave all the time. Uh, Silas was walking through the store last night, and he's just learning to walk, so he's holding Mommy and Blakely's hands, and, and Blakely looks over and says, you're so brave, Bubba. You're so brave. Bravery's a, an, an important aspect of, of life, especially for men, for men. We're supposed to be brave. Like, we're supposed to be the ones to, you know, take care of business when business is taken care of. We're supposed to be that, that brave person. I'm bravest in my sleep. <laughs> and Morgan will, will tell you that. I'm a sleep talker. Uh, I'm not usually a sleep walker, but I've done some, some odd ones. Uh, when we first got married, I was laying in bed, and there was a bad storm that night, and... I guess just the thunder in my ears and everything, you know, it made me dream a certain way. I don't know, you know, whatever happened. And so it's in the middle of the night. I sit straight up in bed and Morgan sits up with me like, what's going on? And she said, I put my hand over and I said, babe, don't worry. I got it all under control. <laughs> and back to sleep I went. I've had... I've had a dream. This was maybe two years ago now, maybe three years ago. This is somewhat recently uh, that I had, I was trying to help someone who had been in an accident. And in my dream, I, I was like taking pieces of my shirt and ripping it uh, to, to help them. And so I woke up the next morning and I stand up and Warren goes, what happened to you? And she teased me about having a vest on because I had taken my T-shirt from the collar in my sleep and ripped it all the way down the, the middle of my shirt and made a vest out of my shirt. So I'm bravest in my sleep. It's not natural that guys just walk around, you know, thinking they're going to help somebody and just... But that's what I had done. And so it's natural for us to be afraid of things. It's not so natural for us to be brave in the face of our fear. And that's why fear is such an issue today. That's why depression and, and things like that are so high. It's because we are not good at dealing with the bad things in life by applying the good things to life. And so here's Gideon. He's terminally afraid, we'll say. Doesn't know what's going to happen. And he's put in this bad situation and a, a level of scare that maybe none of us have ever really experienced. And so he is approached by the angel of the Lord, the Bible says, as he hides in fear. And the angel of the Lord calls him this mighty man of valor and tells him that the Lord is with him. And now, as, as important as that is to the story of Gideon, Gideon's response to that statement is maybe even more revealing. And so his response is, is, is simply, uh, if, if God is with me, like you're, you're saying, angel of the Lord, that, that God is with me, uh, where is he? 
Because here I am hiding in this wine press, beating what little bit of grain I have left, just hoping to survive. And you're here telling me that he's all over the place taking care of stuff. So Gideon, uh, you know, not only is he afraid now, but he's like, what, what's, what's the deal? And so have, he's asking, basically, have you seen what's going on right now? Like, these people want to kill us. They want to hurt us. God, if you're around, why aren't you, why aren't you doing something? God led us from Egypt's hands to the, to the Midianites, he even says. So, you know, how is this God doing much of anything? I just don't, I don't get it. But his response leads me to this conclusion today, that if Gideon, in, in the face of the angel of the Lord, has the boldness to say, well, then where is he? Or then what is he doing as he does? Then this is something Gideon's been thinking about. He didn't just, you know, out of the, out of the blue think, you know what? If, if he's here, why, why isn't he doing something? One would think that if he's talking about it this way, that he's thought about it, he's prayed about it, he's probably even talked to his friends and family about it. And so if he is hiding and then questions the angel of the Lord, it's safe to assume that he is battered and tired and he's tired of waiting and he's tired of hiding for something good to happen. I could say on top of fear, I absolutely despise waiting. Whoever invented waiting rooms needs to be punished. You walk in on time, and then you sit there till you're late. Explain that one to me. Okay? And while you're there in this, you know, seemingly quiet, peaceful room, except for the two kids fighting in the corner over one crayon and half a piece of paper, screaming and knocking each other out over it, and the mom on the phone across the room yelling at them by middle name, it's really quiet and really peaceful. <laughs> Waiting rooms are awful. Just the process of waiting for virtually anything is awful. You ever go to a, a restaurant, it takes too long to get your food? Brutal. No one likes to wait. Okay, so Gideon is, is he's tired of waiting, he's tired of being afraid, and here comes the angel of the Lord, and he's like, all right, if that's what you say, then why are we in the situation that we're in? So Gideon is afraid of his enemies and waiting on a change, a savior to come, and the Lord tells him, basically, you're the guy. You mighty man of valor. Good job, champ. You go get him. To the guy who's afraid and unsure of what's going to happen. You're the guy. You go rescue Israel. You do what I tell you, and it will, it will be okay. And this immediately sends uh, Gideon into a panic, you know, God, how can I be the one when I come from the smallest tribe and I'm insignificant and I am not a man of war and all these different things? He feels unqualified. And that's a terrible feeling to feel as if you're up against a task that you have no business doing. That's how I felt with this platform the other day. I'm glad someone else bought it instead of me or uh, built it instead of me. But but I, you you get put in situations where it's like, I'm just not ready for this. I don't know how I can make myself ready for this. And yet the angel of the Lord doesn't, doesn't relent. So we see our hero, hero Gideon is afraid and he's looking for someone to fix the situation and he finds out it's him and he's like, no, uh-uh, not here. Go somewhere else. Another Gideon down the road, that way, anyway, just go. Not, not me. And to be honest with you today, and I say this with love, but this is where I find us as Christians and as a church today. We've been wrapped up into situations that are not of our own doing, but we are stuck dealing with them. 
and we are afraid and we're tired of waiting for something to change and God is calling us to make a difference and we're struggling to get it done. I'm not saying this church, I'm saying the church today. We see uh, across the country where people are leaving the church in droves over the course of this pandemic. I mean by the thousands. There are churches who are losing thousands of people at a time over the past several months. And so we are missing something. We've allowed the enemy of our heart and the enemy of our God to scare us into thinking that we're unequipped or unable to do something with the situation at hand. And we've been looking for solutions this entire time on how we can doctor it up and make it look appropriate and convince people to stay or to come back or whatever the case may be. But in reality, all God is trying to get us to do is to be the church. Just help people. Just do what he's calling us to do. We have allowed a sickness, and it is a very real sickness. I'm not here to minimize any of that. But we've allowed it to scare us away from any normal we've ever known. We follow the advice of doctors and experts who've been wrong dozens of times, but we struggle to have faith in the ultimate physician who's never failed, not a single time. You can't tell me there's not something wrong here. You can't tell me that we're looking at this objectively and and the right way. These experts are releasing more and more for us to go back to, end quotes, normal. We wear these masks and we should be smart today. I'm not in any way discouraging masks or social distancing or anything like that. I think that's appropriate. I wear a mask more than I don't, even in this building. Uh, And many of you have probably seen that. But I think sometimes we allow the mask that's supposed to cover the nose and mouth cover like everything. It's like our hands and our feet stop moving because we have a mask on. We should be smart, we should be safe, but we should never stop living for God. We should not, never stop giving Him the credit that He's due. The praise and worship that we were designed to give Him. We worry and we pray for months that political votes will go our way. And I got news for you, sometimes they will and sometimes they won't. But at the end of it, your president is who the president is. The good news is, is your king is who the king is, no matter who the president is. And so my simple message to you today, Gideon, mighty man of valor, is you need to stop worrying about everything else going on around. You need to stop worrying about the enemy of your life. And you need to start standing strong in the faith that God has called you to live in. Don't give up on him just because things get hard. Jesus is still in control. We say so often, John, 1 John 4 and 4, greater is he that is in you than is in the world. Right? Do you believe that today? then what do we have to be afraid of? We watch and we wait for a vaccine for months thinking it will solve everything just to watch mutations begin as the vaccine is introduced. We're looking for solutions. We're trying. We're trying to understand and make it work. Not to mention the fact that half the country won't take the vaccine even if it's available right now. We've been praying for a year for something to happen that we don't really want to happen. We want the solution. We don't know what the solution is. I'm here to tell you what the solution is. It's to be the church. It's to live for God. It's to serve him faithfully. It's to leave the threshing floor, the wine press, and go into a mindset of I'm no longer threshing just to survive, but I'm going thrashing. I'm going on the offensive. I'm going to make a difference in the world around me. It's important today that we understand it's time to leave the wine press. 
God called Gideon away from that place, out of that place of hiding and waiting. And, the, and God is calling this church out of a place of, why, of, of waiting and hiding this morning. No longer will we be afraid. No longer will we wait on something to happen. It's only going to happen when we do something about it. Yes. Amen. You understand today that revival is not an outward expression. It's not. Revival is not an outward expression. Revival means to make live again. A revival is an inward expression. It's something that happens on the inside and becomes evident on the outside. I mean, if you want revival, it starts right here today. It starts here today. And then we'll worry about reaching the entire world. But we've got to get the fear out of our heart. We've got to get this, this sense of, oh, well, we'll just wait for better days out of our heart. There will always be better days. There will always be in our minds just, you know, I'll put it off till tomorrow. But Jesus is coming very soon. Yes. And he's got a plan for us in this moment today. After some tests, both from God and from Gideon, uh, the Bible talks of you know, God calling Gideon basically to take his father's bull out and sacrifice it, tear down the altar of, of Baal. And that was a big no-no because at that time the children of Israel were worshiping Baal. And so he goes and does it, and then he... Gideon petitions the Lord, Lord, if you're sure about this, I need you to show me. So I'm going to put this fleece out and I need you to, to wet it over the night with the dew and leave the rest of the ground dry and then flip it. I, now that I've wrung it out, I want you to make this dry and the rest of, and so he does it. God does it. He honors uh, Gideon's request. And so after all of that, Gideon, this mighty man of valor finally understands what it is he's been called to do. I'm here to tell you today that there will be some tests, there will be some trials in your life. If you will stick to God, if you will hold on to him, your fleece will be wet when you need it to be wet, and it will be dry when you need it to be dry. You test God, and you see how good he is. Come on, somebody. He's been good to you today. In the midst of everything going on, it's okay to say, you know what, God, I need you to show me, because God will show us. Amen. So Gideon assembles an army to go to war with the Midianites. And at God's instruction, he releases two-thirds of that army. He's down to around 10,000 men, the Bible says, going against the Midianites, who were uh, much larger in size and had also recruited every other little nation around them to help you know, beat up on the Israelites. And so he's down to 10,000 men. And then God says, no, you still have enough that if, if, if this goes the way I'm, I'm making it go, then you guys are going to think you did it all by yourself. And so God removes... Uh, the overwhelming majority. He went from 10,000 men to 300 men. Now, I've got close friends. And I've got close friends I've got a lot of trust in. I don't know that I want to go to battle with 300 of my closest friends against an entire army. It's just not good odds. Agreed? And yet God has willed it down to this to show how, how God is in control of, of the situations. Today, understand that even though the situation is unfavorable, does not mean God's not capable of winning. That's right. Amen. How many people have we seen healed in the presence of God from terminal illnesses that the world has no idea what happened? Amen. I'm standing before you today. I was born six weeks early, had no business being here. I was on breathing tubes for the first months of my life. But you know what? I'm standing here and I'm giving you the word of God because when God says breathe, people breathe. Amen. When God is in it, there's no numbers that matter. There's no scenario that matters. So here we are with 300 men, and I'm sure at this point, Gideon, who has finally aligned his faith with God's vision, is probably like, I trust you, but I'm losing it quickly. 
You've taken my army. We're down to 300. What are we going to do now? And so in verse 9, it says that, that, that God told Gideon to enter the camp of his enemy. But when he does it, to sneak in, to listen to what the, the Midianites are saying, and this is found in verse 13 and 14, it says, And when Gideon was come, behold, there was a man that told a dream unto his fellow, and said, Behold, I dreamed a dream. And lo, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the host of Midian, and came unto a tent and smote it, that it fell and overturned it that the tent lay along. And his fellow answered and said, this is nothing else save the sword of Gideon from the son of Joash and a man of Israel. For into his hands hath God delivered Midian and all the hosts. Gideon, little scared Gideon, who's hiding in the wine press, just crept up to a tent and heard his enemy that's been plaguing him for years say, I'm terrified of Gideon. Can you imagine the power that it must feel like to know that your enemy that's been plaguing you for so long has no power over you and in fact is deadly afraid of you? I've come to tell somebody today that you've been struggling with fear and with doubt and insecurities in your life and that's a lie from the devil. And when he finds out that you know it, he's going to be terrified. I mean, you need to stop living in fear and realize the fear that you strike into the heart of your enemy simply by being a child of God and carrying that badge of armor around with you. If God goes before us, and if he surrounds us when we feel like we're surrounded, you need to understand that he's in the midst of that situation. Whatever it is, God is in control. And if he is for you, who can be against you? Gideon is finding this out for the first time. He's been in doubt this entire time. Even in his moments of faith, he's struggling to see what God is doing. And in this moment, he realizes that God really is in control. He really has orchestrated everything. These people are terrified of me. They don't even know me, and they know my name, and they know where I come from and what I do and who my father is. Today, we need to understand the power we have just in the name of Jesus applied to us today. Yes, yes. We need to understand the anointing that comes with the direction of God. When God says to move and you move, there is blessing with it. When God says to speak and you speak, there is blessing with it. Yes. You look through your Bible and you will never see someone who obeyed God who was not blessed for it. Yes. Yes. And so we need to, to, to fall in line today to put our trust and our faith in him. Verses 19, 19 through 21 says, So Gideon and the hundred men that were with him came unto the outside of the camp in the beginning of the middle watch. Uh, and they had but newly set the watch, and they blew the trumpets and broke uh, the pitchers that were in their hands. And the three companies blew the trumpets and broke their pitchers and held the lamps in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands to blow withal. And they cried, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And they stood every man in his place round about the camp, and all the hosts ran and cried and fled. Now what this translation of the, the Bible does not specifically state is that the Midianites not only ran and hide and fled, but they also killed each other. They were so terrified in the battle that they began to fight against each other. And the battle hadn't even started yet. They hadn't even, Gideon hadn't even entered the camp yet, hadn't picked up a sword. And yet he's watching his enemy kill themselves and run around in circles and run from him, not knowing uh, what would happen now that the God of Israel is on the side of Gideon and Gideon has made his presence known. 
And so I say all that to say today that at the end of everything, whenever you align yourself with God, when you get out of, of the wine press, when you leave your, your mindset of just getting by and enter a mindset of thrashing where you're going on the offensive for God, you're doing something big and mighty in the kingdom of God, you win. And then whenever you obey God, they lose. When God is for us, who can be against us? Romans 8, 31 says, but God could take anyone and make them a warrior. He took a boy who was threshing wheat and made him a mighty man of valor. And so today, I don't care what you've been suffering with. I don't care what your past looked like. I don't care what your home life looks like right now. God is prepared to make you a mighty man of valor that can stand in the face of the enemy in all of hell and say, this is my child. We're going to war and we're going to win today. Would our music come? As we look at the story of Gideon, talk about being afraid and you know waiting for God to move on our behalf and you know everything we've talked about already this morning brings me to this question we know who God is we know who who's in control we know what he's capable of so the question is not will God it's more like when God but the question is are you ready to, to leave the place that you've been in order to go to the place that he's leading you. See, Gideon struggled to understand why, why the Lord would take him into battle. He wasn't a man of war. He wasn't, he was just a man hiding. But understand today that God took this man that was hiding, that was terrified, didn't know how to go another day, questioned God over and over and over again. He took him and he made him a mighty man of valor. He removed all doubt, all insecurities. So are you willing to go to the place that the Lord is taking us to? We know where we've been, and now we're moving forward. Will anybody stand with me and say that this church is moving forward? Yes, amen. Amen. Will anyone claim personal victory right now and say, I'm moving yes. forward? I'm going into battle not knowing what's going to happen simply because I know God is on my side, and if He is for me, there's nothing that can stand against me. I want you to be encouraged today. No matter what the, the political climate is, no matter what COVID-19 does, whether we have a cure next week or whether we have to wait another 10 years, God is still God. And when you align yourself with Him and you follow Him and you surround yourself with Him, there's nothing that can stand against you today. The Lord took Gideon and 300 men and defeated an entire army. Imagine what He can do with this room today. I want you to take a look at the slide that's up on the screen today. Threshing to thrashing. No matter how many times you read that, you'll find that there's only one difference in the, the two words threshing and thrashing. An E to an A such a minor change. Some people might even misspell that. So minor, so insignificant, so little of a change took Gideon from hiding in a pit, just trying to survive, 
to one of the greatest victories that the world has ever seen. Understand today, your victory is just a small little change away. It's just one letter away. It's just one yes, Lord, away today. I want us to be smart. I want us to be careful today. But I feel like in my heart, there is someone who's been waiting on this day to come. On this moment to come. If there is something in your heart that has kept you from living for God in the capacity you want to, if there's fear, if there's doubt, no matter what it is, I want you to give it to God today. I don't want you to leave here feeling afraid or insignificant or like you don't matter. God is for you. He is with you today. And so right now, like I said, with, with protocols in mind, if you are that person that needs a change in your life, I don't want you to wait another moment, another second. I'm going to invite you to carefully come to this front altar right now and rededicate yourself to Jesus Christ. Allow Him to just begin to move in you, to change you, to remove all these feelings that you've been having, and to allow Him to draw you into a place of submission, a place of His will, but not our own men all across this place as we begin to worship. Why don't you just lift your hands? Man, why don't you lift your voice with us and just call out to God? Come on, somebody. Don't you want the favor of God applied to your life right now? There's some mighty men of valor in the house right now. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.